0: Have you ever wondered how deep tech companies actually start? Well, we were too. So in this podcast, we'll be interviewing scientists and entrepreneurs that have taken their ideas out of the lab and turned them into startups. I'm Antonia.
1: And I'm Christina. And this is Startup the Science. Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to our Startup the Science podcast. Today, we have a startup that we've been trying to get on this podcast for A very long time now. I actually emailed her ages ago for season one, but timing was just never right. And then a few weeks ago, we had an episode with the one and only Maria Sano, our favorite investment manager. And she mentioned today's startup in her answer when asked about her favorite startup. Here's what she said. Well, Let's just say that I, I love, you know, I love my portfolio and I'm very attached to my, the portfolio that I have. Um, the recent success story, I have to say, is Kumovis. Uh, so Kumovis is a 3D printing company in implants. It was also the, the first investment I did, actually. And uh, now they've successfully raised the Series A with two strategic investors, Renelite Solve. I mean, that's, that's pretty cool. And that, that makes me really happy. And I'm, I'm absolutely thrilled for the team because obviously, you know, we've been there from, from early on. So yes, today we finally have Kumovis on the podcast. We reached out to Miriam and she was happy to give us some of her time. And we're so glad she did. As Marie mentioned, Kumovis has created a 3D printer for medical devices and their machine is of course very cutting edge and impressive. I'll leave the rest for Miriam to explain. So with that being said, here's our long-awaited
0: chat with Miriam from Kumovis. Hi Miriam, welcome to Startup the Science. We're very glad to have you here. Thank you, Christina and Antonia. Hello. It's great to have you on the podcast today. We've met in person about a year ago, I think, or maybe a bit less than a year. But anyway, at one of the last in-person events that we attended before the corona crisis started. Since then, I know you've made a lot of progress and we'll go into that in a bit. We've also heard about your startup from Maria Sano, who was one of the experts we've interviewed for our podcast. She always speaks very highly of you and is a big fan. And so please tell me a little bit about yourself and about the startup that you founded.
2: Yes, of course. Well, my name is Miriam Haast. Uh, I'm one of the founders and also the co-CEO of Komovis. We are a Munich-based startup focusing on 3D printing medical devices with high-performance and biodegradable polymers. I have an engineering background, um, but with Komovis, I have now also familiarized myself with completely different fields of work like HR, like quality management, but of course, the roots of our startup, are engineering. Um, I myself studied mechanical engineering at the Technical University of Munich. And that's also where I got to know my co-founders. And um, we got to know each other in the environment or um, at the Institute of Medical and Polymer Engineering at the TUM.
0: So in a university setup, as many of the startups we've interviewed before in our podcast start off.
2: Yes, yes. So in the
0: beginning when you started off, uh, I suppose you also had to do a bit of uh, accounting. And we've seen that also with many of our uh, other founders that obviously since they don't have much staff in the beginning, they end up becoming experts in multiple fields, not just in their, uh, in their leading field, but also maybe in marketing, accounting and all else. Um, however, the story is a little bit different for you, right? Within two years, you've managed to hire a team of about 15 people or so now. Um, I'm curious to know how you've achieved this this major (laughs) accomplishment so quickly. Tell us a bit about how you've grown your team so fast over the last couple of years.
2: Back then at the Institute, four of us worked together on the idea right from the start. Back then, it was still a project seminar, a project idea, more with a research focus. But pretty soon, Alex, who is now our head of finances, joined us also, and that was the beginning of founding the company. And today we are 15 permanent employees. All the founders, the five of us, are still part of the team working full-time here on the idea of bringing medical or 3D printed medical products to reality.
0: Very impressive growth and really quite astonishing to see how much you've accomplished in the space of just took a- two years, a couple of years. Um, So yeah, I'm I'm definitely impressed and I'm sure most of um, the people listening to us will will be as well. Not all of them. And and let me ask a little bit about the technology. So you do 3D printing of medical devices. Sounds intuitive. But for those of us that don't know as much about 3D printing and specifically about printing medical devices,
2: what is it? Um, Yes. Especially in the medical field or medical devices, medical products, we often have small serious or even individualized, patient individualized needs. That's why conventional manufacturing like injection moldings, co- um, extrusion is at some pa- um, point not efficient. And if we want to have the best treatment for a patient, individualization is mo- always a really good option. So that's why we decided we want to enable medical device manufacturers to 3D print their products to also uh, bring a benefit to patients and doctors due to individualization or also to small serial production to functionalizing the products with special uh, functions. And that was why we decided we need a 3d printer for the medical polymers for established biocompatible polymers
0: so what the main benefit of producing medical devices in this new way using 3d printing versus conventional modes of doing it would, would that be customizing the actual devices to the patient to my understanding this right?
2: yes, I think that's of course one major benefit the uh, individualization but it might also be functionalization because if we have products where we want to have a bone ingrowth for example then we need certain structures um, which can't be manufactured with another conventional manufacturing technique and those structures then can just be 3d printed and that's also a reason why for example spinal cages are an interesting field of um, application. They don't have to be individualized, but this functionalization, the structures we can print are really interesting also for those implants.
0: Very cool. Definitely one of the more exciting uses of 3D printing that I've heard of so far. So tell me a bit about how things are done at the moment. If you're not using 3D printing, what are you using to make medical devices of this sort and what are the benefits of using 3D printing instead?
2: If it's an individualized product, um, there are individualized products available right now as well, but they have to be milled. So you have to have a block out of which you you mill the um, implant and then you have a lot of material waste. You have uh, also lung supply chains um, to get this uh, into the hospital to the um, patient. And so that's for individualization, new workflow to 3D print those products, which would then also make it more interesting for broader field of applications. And the second one, if it's a functionalization of the product, um, then it's at the moment usually a different design. It's maybe just a standard design with a smooth surface or... um, with a post-treatment to get a more rough, roughness on the surface. But with 3D printing, we can now also enable new geometries, which are were not able to be processed before.
0: And this is where Komovis comes
2: in, I
0: imagine, to solve
2: exactly these challenges. So
0: moving on to talking about your technology specifically, I've had a look at your website to understand a bit what your 3D printers look like, and how might they work, but I'd love to hear that from you. To me, they look like, uh, in comparison to other machinery we see sometimes, relatively simple, and they look like they could be easy to use. Is that true? How simple are they? What's the magic inside of them?
2: What you already mentioned, they they look not that big. Uh, That was also uh, one of our ideas. We developed the printer right from the very first day, for medical um, technologies. So it was for us also one aim that we can install the printer almost anywhere, also to have point of care production in mind, to have printers in hospitals in mind. That's why the size of our printer is around one door. So we can just move the printer through a standard door and do not have to have certain manufacturing environment to install the printer. Furthermore, what's inside the printer, it, well, is kind of easy to use, but it's still an industrial machine. So it's it needs training to use it and it needs also understanding of the materials of uh, what we want to do with the machine.
0: Okay, so it's not as easy as just ordering one online. Like I couldn't order one, put it in my office and start 3D printing. I do need to have some... Medical knowledge and some expertise in this field.
2: Yeah, you could buy one, but you probably won't be happy if you just uh, start printing on it. Um, it would be helpful if we give you a training at the at the beginning.
0: Okay, so who would be the ideal customers? Who do you work with? Would it be medical device manufacturers? Can hospitals use um, your printers in any way?
2: It's especially the medical device manufacturers. It's the medical device manufacturers who are at the moment also producing medical products, implants, and at the moment also our machines are installed in clean room environment at those medical device manufacturers. In future, we can also imagine an installation at the hospital, but um, that's a further step. And that also has to make sense for the application and for the environment where we print because we need someone um, who is operating the machine.
0: Okay. What about the clean room integration? I saw this on your website and I understand that this is one of the major innovations you bring to to this market. Tell us more.
2: The clean room integration is one of our features we have in the printer and which also makes our printer unique and specially capable of printing medical products and uh, implants. We do have inside our printer... A circulating airflow, and we can also put a filter into this circulating air airflow. With this filter, we can ensure that we filter all particles out of the air um, yeah. inside the build chamber, and thus we can also reduce contamination of the build part to a minimum, which is of course especially important for medical products. So the clean
0: room integration is definitely a very cool feature and it's, uh, it's great to hear that, that you managed to do that so much better than, than others. Can you tell me also a little bit about uh, the temperatures that you print at? I think that's also a, a big part of your technology.
2: Sure. That's a really important part because one of our main goals was to 3D print high performance plastics, which are also established for implant use, like Peak, for example. And we integrated also a temperature management system into the Kumovus R1, which enables the user to heat the build chamber up to 250 degrees Celsius. And with this heated environment, we are able to reduce warpage effects. And we are also able to achieve very good mechanical results for the printed part, which are then also comparable to the mechanics everyone knows from injection molding or milling processes from those materials. And that was really important for us. That was also a big success when we reached those good mechanics with parts out of our printer and um, the temperature management, uh, the more than 200 degrees Celsius in the build chamber are really important to achieve that.
0: So what does competition look like in this uh,
2: space? Are there many other 3D printers that, for example, have clean room integration? Well, polymer printing for implants is a very new approach, but competitors are rising. Still, there are rather few competitors on the market, I would say. But yeah, there are competitors. We are the only ones focusing completely on the medical technology. And we are, as far as I know, also the only ones who had the requirements for medical applications right from the first day of the development of the machine. So everything which is part of our machine was from the very first start developed for medical product printing. And that's, that's an advantage we have, which is, for example, then the cleanroom integration, but which is also... The size of the machine, it's um, the the PLC we have in the machine, it's the materials we choose to uh, use for components, all this stuff. The sensors we use in the machine, this is all, everything done for medical, yeah.
0: What I find very impressive in your approach is that it seems very intentional. It seems that you knew from the very start that you were going to tackle the medical market. You became aware of what the challenges would be in this field, what the regulation that you'll need to comply with is. And it appears that everything you've done over the last couple of years has been geared into that direction, that you are doing 3D printers for medical devices, not just 3D printers that you happen to use in medical devices, hence the clean room integration and all that. Um Tell me a little bit about how you were able to maintain this focus and perhaps were there any key advisors along the way that told you, okay, this is a good market. That's what you should go into, stay focused, stay on that track. How, how, were you so successful in just two years? I guess that's really what, I, what I'm looking to find out.
2: Yes, I, I think it's, it was one of the challenges we also had to tackle uh, to prioritize that was not always easy. Uh, But at the end, it was really helpful. And it doesn't feel good if you have to stop certain developments because you have to focus on one topic. But at the end, it worked out for us. And at the end, I would also do it like that again. Um, Still, focus, prioritization is important. And even if it's sometimes uh, not easy to stop other developments.
0: Right. But especially as you start off with a small team, it's very important to maintain focus and uh, go for those applications that can be most successful right so you started off in 2016 17 we're recording now 2020 for those people listening to us from the future and tell me about your main uh, your
2: main milestones so far what have you achieved in these two three years Well, we started at the Technical University of Munich. We started as research associates and students there with a project at the Institute. At the beginning, we were lucky that the professor and the Institute also uh, was really positive about our idea. And we were able to use the workshop, the laboratories. We got a little bit of uh, funding to build up the first prototype. And with this first prototype, we were already able to go to a small trade fair. And at that trade fair, we could show printed parts to customers, potential customers, that we could discuss our technology. We could discuss what we were already able to do with this very first prototype. And the feedback was really good. It was um, very encouraging for us. And that was also the initial point where all of us, were then really motivated to found the Cumovis and to build up a company and not just leave this idea in a research environment. So that was, I think, in the first year of our development. With this motivation out of the fair, this small trade fair, we um, started to apply for a grant and we also got this grant. This grant was Exist transfer of research, we were with this money able to stay in the university, the environment we knew where we already had built up our first prototype. And we were then able to show that it's not just a proof of concept, but we can have a market-ready prototype. And yeah, then I think one and a half years later, we had this market-ready prototype which was then sold also to pilot customers, which was installed at pilot customers. with this success, we were also able to attract investors. So two investors joined us and we were able to hire employees to grow the team and and to do the next step, improve the product, bring a serial machine to the market. And now we are here. (laughs) Last year, we launched the Comovus R1, which is our serial printer right now. And we installed that at medical device manufacturers already.
0: You just made that sound so, so easy that I'm sure lots of people are going to go and start companies now.
2: (laughs) But I'm sure somewhere along the way um,
0: in your startup journey so far, there have been challenges. And I'd like to ask you if you can think of one moment that was particularly challenging where you felt like, oh, wow, being a startup founder is
2: not so easy breezy. Can you share that with us? Well, I think uh, um, I try to, f- or I, I, I forget the not so smooth parts and uh, try to uh, think more about the positive things. But um, yeah, I, I think, um, or I can remember one point, which was, it was a second printer, which was installed at a customer. It was a pilot customer. So it was a really important customer back then for us. And we installed the printer there, we um, trained the staff, and we never got paid for the printer because, in parallel, this customer got bankrupt. And um, that was, of course, back then, not really nice for us. But, yeah, it was a learning, and uh, we got the printer back, but it was quite some time and um, also a little bit frustration at the very beginning, yeah.
0: And did this particular episode make you reconsider some of your, um, I don't know, some parts of your business plan or the way you work with customers? Were you just more cautious in picking partners for development projects or what were the learnings you took from it?
2: For us, one learning was that even if we were looking on legal aspects before, um, that afterwards our contracts and uh, terms and conditions were improved and we went through them together with a lawyer and at the end probably it was good that it was one of the very first customers where the amount of money was not that big but um, yeah at that time still it was a bit of a worry for us.
0: And that leads me to a question about your business model overall. So the way you work is that you partner with um, others to create products together right? which means that you are involved in the entire process from idea to the actual final product. And you have to find partners that you're able to work with side by side. As a business model, I'd imagine that's a little bit trickier than simply selling a product or a service and then off you go and you hope that everything goes well. And can you share with us a bit more about this particular type of business model, what you find challenging, what you find uh, rewarding about it?
2: For us, it's important that the customer is also su- successfully using our machines and our technology. And as it is a new technology, we saw that our customers are successful if we are able to help them, if we are able to support them with all the knowledge we had already developed or we are, have already on those aspects that might be design of additive manufacturing parts, that might be process parameters, that is also materials. We use materials which are printable um, and certified for medical applications. And all this knowledge is our knowledge, but it's really helpful for the customer. And on the other side, our customers have years and years of experience in medical device manufacturing. So they know Also, what the patient's need is, what the doctor's need is. And that's why we think both of us are successful together and co-creation is one of our values, which is uh, one of the most important values maybe also for us. Because we think we can be successful and our customer can also just be successful if we work together on those topics.
0: For sure. And as you're working with a relatively new technology, you almost have to build up that market, right? It's not business as usual, and maybe it won't be for a while, but this is how medical devices are made, uh, which is why you also play a role in um, getting that information out there, that this is also a possibility and that it has a lot of benefits over uh, alternatives. And on, on that note, I saw that you're actually hiring or looking to hire someone on the marketing and communication side. Would you like to advertise that role a bit in case anyone relevant is listening?
2: Um, yeah, I think that uh, position you you mentioned, it's on our website um, and it's focusing on support in that um, field. So we're looking for a working student there. We do have one person um, which is in charge of marketing and com- communication and uh, we do have another person in house uh, working on business development, which is also in parallel with sales and, and marketing a lot. But um, yeah, it's of course something which is important for us uh, to also um, tell the people about Kumovis, to um, explain our product, to explain our business model, to explain also the customers what might be advantages for them and that's why we are right now not only engineers anymore but also have some marketing expertise in the team.
0: That'll be handy to not have to do everything yourself but afford to have a few people come on board and help you. Are there any
2: roles that you're planning to hire for in the near future as well? Any other roles? Um, Well we were quite lucky because in the last three months we hired three new staff members. So um, we are really, really lucky that we found three new uh, team members. Uh, one of them just started three days ago. So um, it's uh, still in the onboarding process, but um, uh, we are happy about that. And hopefully um, we have now also a team, a size of a team which will last for this year. And then next year we will look for more people again.
0: Cool. So then you have to get back to us in a year or so when you hire more and we'll make sure to reach out to our wide, wide network (laughs) and let them know that uh, Movis is hiring. Um, Great. As we come close to the end here, uh, close to the end of our recording, is there anything else that you would like to mention? Anything I forgot to ask you? Any other questions? Yes, we have a question from Christina. (laughs)
1: what does Kumovis stand for or mean? This is like my favorite question to ask all the startups with like weird names I don't understand. Uh, but what does Kumovis stand
2: for? Uh, no, that's an important question because, um, yeah, it also tells a bit about our, our technology. It is, uh, Kumo is a Japanese for spider. And a spider is like a 3D printing animal when the spider is... Building the net, it has like this string being uh, <laughs> deployed in the net, and so when we were thinking about an animal or something which somehow looks like a three D printer or is acting like a three D printer, like our technology, we we had the spider in our minds, and um, that's where Kumo comes from. And yeah, this is then just for strength which is the strength of the materials we use. We uh, started especially with high-performance materials, with good mechanics, and um, that's um, the vis in Kumovis. yeah.
0: <laughs> See, so that was a sign that you're going to have a Japanese investor <laughs> interested in you. It's definitely a very cool name, and clearly it's brought you a lot of luck so far, so I hope it does so in the future. Keep us posted on all your developments, future hires, anything else that uh, that comes uh, out of Coombeys that is interesting that we should know about. And in the meantime, we wish you best of luck. And uh, yeah, thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Antonia. Thanks, Christina. Thanks for listening to Startup The Science. If you like our show and want to know more about what we do, check out our website at enum.berlin. And don't forget to leave us a review. Until next time.